you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Chapter 11, we're going to pick up in the middle of Paul's discourse to the Corinthians concerning the Lord's Supper. And he makes a statement in verse 29 that I want to draw your attention to for just a few moments tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 29. Talking about communion and making sure that your heart and your life is in the place that it should be for participation in that. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily or without examining themselves and, and checking their own heart and spirit. He says they eat and drink damnation to themselves or they eat and drink uh, condemnation perhaps would be the word that would most fit us. They would... There would be a condemnation that would come and he makes this closing statement that I want to draw your attention to when he says because they they are not discerning the Lord's body. They are not discerning the Lord's body. They are not recognizing the Lord's body. And I want to use that phrase, discerning the body, for just a few moments tonight. Perhaps it will help us all. Grab somebody by the hand and let's pray together right now. Lord, we need you right now to help us. I want to thank you, Lord, for your presence that's here. I want to thank you for the blessings that are in this place tonight. I pray, God, that you will minister. I pray that you will move tonight sovereignly, supernaturally. God, let there be in this place a divine touch of your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. There is something about Paul's statement to these Corinthian believers that has has reached out to me on many occasions. Certainly his explanation to them about the Lord's Supper is extremely important because it was more than just a rite and ritual of the church. It was a reminder Every time that we participate in communion, there is a remembrance of what took place at Calvary and the garden and the brokenness of his body and the reason for all of that. It was for our salvation. But things had changed since the beginning and now there was a church in place and a body of people that were together and uh, there were some problems there were a lot of issues going on in the Corinthian church uh, moral uh, issues that were going on there were 
issues uh, of other natures that were taking place. There was division. There was a sense of um, perhaps elitism uh, among some of them, saying things like, you know, I was baptized of Paul or I was baptized of Apollos as, uh, Apollos as if it made them something better than what they were. I, I don't really know how better you can get than redeemed. It doesn't matter who baptized you. It doesn't matter who pronounced that name over you when you went down in water. What matters is that you were redeemed by the uncorruptible and the incorruptible Word of God and blood of Jesus Christ. And I don't ever want to forget the price that he paid for my salvation. And I don't ever want to get to the place that I am comfortable going a long period of time in my life when I do not remember what took place at Calvary. We are getting ready to enter into the Easter season and There are so many things that we need to be mindful of, not just in the Easter season, but every day of the year that it cost a great price for me to enjoy what I enjoyed tonight in the Spirit. Amen. And there was a price that was willingly paid that you and I could be redeemed, not by law and not by ritual And not by just the sacrifice of bulls and goats. But that we were redeemed by the incorruptible blood. And that pure sacrifice of Calvary. And I am thankful for that tonight. And I don't ever want to get to the place that I forget that. I don't ever want to get to the place that I overlook what it cost for me to enjoy what I enjoy. I want to be reminded continually of the blood and the death and the resurrection of my Lord. I, I don't ever want to get to the place that we feel uncomfortable singing about the blood of Jesus. I don't ever want to get to the place that we feel like it's out of place to talk about suffering and death and dying. I know we live in a world that likes to stay on the positive and they like to magnify all that's good in life and ignore the bad, but this is nothing bad tonight. There's nothing wrong with celebrating the life of Jesus Christ, but there's nothing wrong with celebrating his death either because he died that I might be free and I don't ever want to forget the price that was paid. I don't ever want to forget what it costs to redeem my life. I don't ever want to get to the place that I forget what he had to go through because of me, not because of himself, but because of me and the sins that were in my life. He paid a price for my salvation. And when he paid that price, he established a value on my life. He made me something that I was not. He made me something 
special. So don't cheapen mankind by living a life substandard or below what God has called you to live. Don't let the world cheapen you or allow you to cheapen yourself by living by by a lesser standard. Redemption was not cheap. Redemption was big business. It was a great price that was paid for you and I. And when we read the Word of God, we are reminded of not only the price, but the value that He put on us, that we were worth that kind of price, that we were worth that kind of sacrifice. It reveals God's willingness to invest in me, and it reveals to me the magnitude of His love for my life. I don't ever want to take that for granted. Amen. I don't ever want to take that for granted. Listen to what Hebrews chapter 2 and 10 says. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things and bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of our salvation perfect through suffering. There was a price that was paid, and that price established a value on humanity. And it is it is important for me that I never forget that. That God saw in me something worth redeeming and something worth saving. There was something in all of us, even in our unsaved and sinful condition, there was a potential of what I could be through him. And that's why he was willing to suffer. And that's why he was willing to die. Because he saw in you a potential. He saw in you something worth investing in. He saw in you something worth paying that kind of price for. Folks, don't live cheap. Don't ever let life pull you down to the place where you feel like you're of no value. And it doesn't matter what you do. Though man may cheapen life, life is never cheap. And if you want to know the value of life, Look at Calvary and you will understand that God set a benchmark at Calvary. He set a benchmark at the cross. He set a value on my life and he said, you're worth this and much more. These things must never be forgotten. The price that was paid and the the value that he placed on my life. I must never allow anything in this present day to cheapen that or to degrade that. Amen. And we live in a pretty cheap world right now. I said we live in a pretty cheap world. We live in a trashy world. (laughs) My Lord, every time I open the, the, the newspaper or even... 
look at the news on the internet. You almost have to do it with glasses to shield some of the stuff that they put up there. It's amazing over the last few weeks I've been noting just going on any search engine and you you can use Yahoo or Google or whatever else. The stories that come up first that are of most interest to humanity right now. It's not what's going on in the Middle East or what's going on in Russia. We're more consumed with what's going on with Kim Kardashian and Kanye West and all these other nincompoops that we have elevated to this star status and we've made low living look impressive. I want to tell you something, folks. God said you're more valuable than that. Don't let the world pull you down to live that kind of cheap life because I paid a greater price for you than that. What makes the trash of this present day media and newsstand and fashion what it is is that it cheapens God's greatest creation and that's you and I. Amen. These men that we live in the world with today have consorted to make man regard himself as some kind of second rate animal. Folks, you are not an animal. You are God's created masterpiece made in his image. And the more that the world can try to make you forget that, the easier it is for you to let things slip in and to degrade life and to allow yourself to slip into this mode of operation where It doesn't matter how you live or what you do. Folks, it does matter how you live and what you do because God made you for better than that. God did not make junk when he made you. He made his greatest creation when he designed and created you. And this present generation has lowered its ideals and its aims so low that nothing Nothing seems to be embarrassing anymore. And by doing so, they have cheapened man's existence and blinded the soul. Why would anybody want to dress like a harlot anyway? Why would anybody want to act like a fool anyway? God made me for better than that. Reform and progress come to a world that is awakened to the value of the human life. We come to revival times when we are awakened to the price that was paid for our soul. We come to great convictions in our life when we wake up and realize that God paid too high a price for me to live a cheap life. Amen. When such convictions begin to recede in life, darkness prevails But when we begin to discern the body, when we begin to understand what it is that we have been made a part of, not just the body, but our own body, God fearfully and wonderfully made us. The Bible speaks of him doing a curious work in us. What what an amazing way for God to state that you are a one of a kind. There's nobody else like you. You don't have to imitate somebody. You don't have to act like somebody else. 
God made you just like you are. And I will tell you, he broke the mold because he didn't want it to get in enemy hands. No, ma'am. He broke the mold because he didn't want anybody else like you. He wanted you and I to be what we are. But he also wanted us to understand that God made us with a value. He made us with a price. And then he purchased us with a price. He gave us his image. And then when man fell, he redeemed man to restore that image in us. And I must never allow myself to get to the place where I look around at the body, his church, or my own body and view it as nothing of important. Amen. The world was made for man, not man for the world. Amen. All the transformation, all of the upheaval, all the living and all the perishing of the prophecies of men's importance in life cannot be forgotten. Everything that God has done has put a value on us that we are important to Him. So don't live a cheap life. Amen. Don't live a cheap life. Help us to discern the body. I love this church. It's not perfect by any means. And I know there are a lot of faults in it. And there's a lot of critics of it. I had somebody tell me not long ago of a statement that somebody made about our church. And not just our church, but all churches. The reason they didn't go is because it was just full of a bunch of hypocrites. You know what? So is the world. But you don't quit living in the world just because there's a bunch of hypocrites out there. But we've allowed that kind of comment to jade our view of the church and the body that God has given us to be a part of. And when we allow that to happen, we fail to understand and value that body like we ought to. And I just want to remind you tonight that the church of the living God is still the best thing going on planet earth. Men fail, and I understand that men make bad decisions, but the church is still the best thing to be connected to in this world. And I, for one, would like to take a moment tonight and make you, cause you to look around and realize that you're involved in the best thing going right now. Amen. So that there can come into my heart a fresh appreciation for the body. You know, when you don't have a real good appreciation for something, you don't often treat it with the care that it needs to be treated with. When you don't have an appreciation for something, you don't value it. I mean, you walk in, my wife and I were in Paris, and I'm going to tell off on us. We were in Paris a few years ago, and we went to the Louvre. Now, that's where all the world-famous paintings are. And everybody's heard of the Mona Lisa. Everybody heard of the Mona Lisa? That world-famous portrait? Well, 
we were going to go see that, and we'd gone in, and there were a, there was it's an amazing place. I'm just unbelievable. Paintings that were just humongous. I mean, they cover a whole wall, and you walk in, and it just takes your breath away. The detail and and the whole story of history encapsulated in that canvas. And we kept trying to make our way around to find out where the Mona Lisa was. You know, that's the one you want to see. And finally, we found this room where this little bitty portrait. About, I'm not exaggerating when I tell you it's not much bigger than that. And our first reaction was, you mean that is the Mona Lisa? We didn't spend a lot of time there. I hate to tell you that. Because all those big pictures were a whole lot more interesting than that sour look of that woman who is being painted. I've seen that before. I don't want to have to keep looking at it. Not her. Not her. Not her. I'm not referring to her. I'm talking about some other people I've seen in life. Now, all the art critics of the world would have cut my throat at saying something like that because it's more than just the size. It's who it was that painted it, and it was this technique. And, the, and I don't have that kind of taste. I have not developed that kind of culture, and so I personally did not spend a lot of time viewing the Mona Lisa. But I did watch the people. They just stood there staring at her like she was going to speak to them or something was going to emanate. And I, I've heard people say, oh, it moves me. Oh, it, it's so stirring. And I'm, I'm looking around. Maybe there's something in there that I wasn't aware of. But it's because it wasn't because of them. There wasn't something wrong with them. The problem was with me because I had not discerned where I was and what I was viewing. And when we don't have a true discernment for something, when, we're, when we don't really have a true grip on what it is we're participating in, sometimes you can treat it pretty, pretty badly. Sometimes you can mistreat it. Sometimes you can say things about it or think things about it that are just, they're just you, you don't even want to put them down in print, but they're there. Because we have... Fail to discern the body. When I look around at the church, I see a lot of good people, a lot of redeemed people. When I look around here at this congregation, I, I cannot help but remember where God brought some of you from. I don't know all of your story, but I know some of yours. I remember receiving a, a, a note thanking me for uh, allowing this person to come because of what God had been able to do. And I didn't even know the story of their life, but God had been able to help them and restore them and heal them. And there's a lot of stories like that, a lot of hidden things that we don't showcase. But if it had not been for the church, we would not be here tonight. You know, it was the church that kept loving me even when everybody else didn't love me. That's why I'm still here tonight. It was the church that kept believing in me. They kept the lights on. They kept a preacher in the pulpit. They kept preaching the word. That was the only thing that saved me. That was what helped bring me to where I am today. And sometimes I get so haughty 
that I look around with my eyes and I see things that I don't like and so I become critical and I become this or that about the church when really what I need to do is just step back and take a fresh look at a body that he created to help me. The church, the body of Christ, he put me in it for my good. Amen. And I appreciate the church. I know there's a lot of people, I'm, I'm a part of a, 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 an organization, our church is a part, affiliated with the United Pentecostal Church International. There's a lot of things about organization that I don't like. There's a lot of politics. I sat this week for my first time at a board meeting and I thought, Lord, how in the world did I let this happen? Uh, I, I, what, I, what was I thinking? And anyway, I, I, but I sat there and I, I listened to all that went on in that room and something deep inside of me settled and it made me appreciate the fact that there was accountability for me. That there was, there was somebody that I had to answer to. There was someone that I was accountable to. Well, you know what? The most dangerous people in the world are people who are unaccountable to anybody. People that say, I don't need that. You know what? I may not need it now, but I will need it at some time. Amen. There's a lot of things in our pantry that we don't need right now, but there comes a time when I do need it. And I'm glad that it's there that I can use as a resource. God, help me to have a fresh appreciation for the body, this church. To look around at people in a different way. When you discern the body, you look beyond the imperfections to the purpose. How many of your bodies are working perfectly tonight? We got heart problems. We got blood pressure problems. We've got lumbago problems. We've got vertigo problems. We've got, um, what are some of the other problems? Kidney problems. We've got eye problems. Many of you are like me. I've had to have LASIK surgery so I could even see you. Some of you have other issues going on. None of us have a perfect body. But you know what? I haven't gotten up yet and say, you know what? You just pathetic, pitiful body. I'm just going to do away with you. Even when, I've, I've, even when I've hurt myself, I've not wanted to go get a hatchet and cut my hand off. Now, there was a time earlier this week I wish I could have got this shoulder out of my life because it was hurting me so badly. But I'm glad it's still attached. As painful as it is, I don't want to go through life without it. And there's a lot of things about our, our church body that's not always perfect. But I want to be careful what I slice and dice because at some point in my life, I'm going to need that. I'm going to be glad there was an arm that reached out. I'm going to be glad there was a hand that was placed on my shoulder. I'm going to be glad 
that there were eyes and ears. And, and we all have a place that we play. And I, I don't want to ever get to the place that I feel like I don't need the body. I don't ever want to get to the place where I don't feel like I need the fellowship of this church. Because I do. I need you to help breathe the best out of me. Amen. I need you to help bring me to a better place in living for God. Sometimes you do it through adversity, but at least you still get me there. Sometimes you get me there by encouraging me, but sometimes I get there through the conflict that I have because bodies have conflict. Blood pressure fighting against your heart and sugar fighting against your something else. And it, it happens in life. There's conflict in the body. There's, there's this struggle that goes on. But we're, we're not willing to give up the body just because anybody just hurrying out of here? Anybody ready for the coffin? None of us are. We don't want to go even though we all know we've got a great place to go to. But we're not hurrying to that place because there's something about life that we still enjoy. And we've got to come to a place at, at some point in our life where we look around and say, thank God for the church. Thank God I've got a place to come worship. Thank God I've got a place to come celebrate. Thank God I've got a place to come be healed. Thank God there's a place for me to come and be restored. Thank God there's a place for me to come and find safety and help. Some place to be accountable. Amen. Everybody say accountable. Discerning the body. I've had, I, I heard a, a, a gentleman tell me uh, about a situation that was going on in a church that, uh, going through a, uh, an ordeal and and they were going to bring in this other guy to be their pastor. And so uh, because of the organizational structure, uh, it had to go through the district level to get approval. And so this was their statement to the district. <laughs> we have prayed and had tongues and interpretation. And we know this is the will of God. And we know you're going to agree with us. But if you don't, we're going to do it anyway. And you know what? There's a lot of folks in life that are just like that. It doesn't matter what this book says, we're going to do it anyway. It doesn't matter if this book says, forgive them 70 times 7. We're not given more than 6 or 7 times. Oh my word, what are you doing now, brother? You, you are just pure meddling. There's a lot of things about this book that are not always tasteful, but they're always helpful. And they're always needed. And so I don't ever want to get to the place that I don't have a sense of appreciation. It's imperfect, but I'm glad we've got it. I said it. I've heard you say it. You know, the ark had to be a stinky place for a while. I mean, it had to have some kind of odor after how many months locked up? All those animals? All the goings on of that? And yet, I would have rather been in there with the stink 
than to have been outside trying to tread water. I'm thankful that there's a church. As imperfect as it is, as, as, um, you know, as imbalanced as we are at times, churches get vertigo sometimes too, just like people do. You know, we kind of stagger. That's why we need a healing. We need God to touch our head. We need God to get... You know what I found out this week? That when you lose your hearing, it affects the way you walk. That if you can't hear, it will affect your ability to maintain your balance. And when you get to the place spiritually that you don't hear what the Word of God is being said or or, or preached to you in your life, you're going to have a hard time maintaining your balance. You're going to have a hard time walking with God because your hearing's messed up. God, help me to make sure that my body stays in good order and that my ears do not fail me. But most of all, help me, God, to discern the body, to appreciate it, to celebrate it. Amen. When's the last time you just went up to somebody and said, Man, I love my church. I love you because you're a part of this church. When's the last time you went to the person in this church that gets under your skin the most? Uh, I better be careful right now. Because some of you are gonna you're gonna go to somebody immediately when this is over, and somebody's gonna say, "Oh, I know who." No, I'm not. When's the last time though you went to your adversary and said, "I just want to give you a great big hug because you've helped keep me on my knees more than anybody else in this church." <laughs> Please don't do that. Please don't do that. But I'm trying to tell you, it's important that we discern the body. Amen. I'm thankful that there were doors that you could walk through tonight where the lights were still on. Amen. Praise God. I'm thankful that you would come to a place where there was still some worship going on. Amen. I'm glad that there's a little bit of worship going on. I'm thankful that somewhere in the midst of it, the Bible was opened. Not a textbook of how to be good and how to, how to win friends and influence people, but the book was opened. It's not always liked. It's not always, you, you know, it's, it's, it's just what it is. It's the Word of God. And you have to eat it all. The parts that you like and the parts you don't like. What I found out about the Word of God Just because I don't like it doesn't change it. It's still his word, and I still need to line up to it, but I need to get a fresh appreciation for it, and I need to discern the body. The safety. Do you, you, and I'm going to close here. I'm getting close. It's, I got five minutes. The safety that's in the body. The safety that you find here in this place. Say, Brother Hughes, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean that most often you're going to be able to come to this place and worship without anybody judging you or trying to measure you by some standard. That there's a place that you can come even when you're broken and you're beaten down 
And there's, there is this spirit of love and compassion that reaches out and gets hold of you and pulls you in close. Isn't it good to know that there's a place for backsliders to come to? I'm thankful that the prodigal's father didn't abandon his house and move on. I'm glad he was where he needed to be when the prodigal decided to come home. I'm thankful that he hadn't changed. I'm thankful that he hadn't written his son off. I'm thankful that when that boy woke up and decided, you know what, I've messed up my life. I need to go home. I'm glad that when he got back that his father was there waiting on him. You know what? There's a lot of prodigals that are still trying to get things sorted out in their mind. And one of these days they're going to do it. It's going to be important that they have a place to come to. And we don't take out our hatchet and do a job on them. But we open our arms and we embrace them and say, welcome home, son. Welcome home, daughter. I'm glad you came to yourself And this is a safe place here. This is a good place to be. This is the right place for you to be. Amen. Lord, help me to discern the body. To understand the price that you paid and the value that you placed on it. And never get to the place where I feel like I don't need it. Amen. I need it. I need it more than I even come to it. But I need it. I need the fellowship. I need the camaraderie. I need the accountability in my life. I need somebody wanting to know how I'm doing because it helps keep me on my toes. That we would discern the body. It would bring to us a great revival. I am am convinced that when we really begin to value and love the body and cherish and appreciate the body, something miraculous happens Revival begins to break out. We, we, we find ourselves being connected to people that we were disconnected from. When we really begin to discern the body, we begin to, uh, to, to make allowances for people's shortcomings and their idiosyncrasies. And we're not excusing sin. I don't mean that. But we, we understand that we're not made like cookies out of a cutter. We're all unique But in our uniqueness, we can still serve God and we can still worship together. And we can stand side by side and become part of the greatest thing going. That's the church of the living God. Amen. Let's stand together. God, help me to discern the body, to not only appreciate it, but fall in love with it all over again. I am so thankful tonight that I had a place to come to. Amen. And I'm thankful that even when everything's not perfect, I can still come. Amen. When everything is not all peaches and cream, I'm still able to come. I can lift my hands, and I'm not going to be alone. Somebody else is going to lift their hands. I can come with my problems and I won't be alone. Somebody else will be there with their problem. I can come with my brokenness and I won't be alone. There will be somebody else there that will be broken too. But in that place, there is healing. 
There's restoration. There's renewing. There's love. There's compassion. There's forgiveness. My, what a place. What a place. What a place. You know, all of the good things that I have in life today are a result of the church. The, main, the, the thing that I value the most in my life, my wife, she's a product of the church. Our union is a product of the church. If there hadn't been a church, I would have never met her. Wichita Falls, Houston, Texas, tell me how that works out. But there was a church that brought us together. And many of you are the same way. The friends that you have today, the people that mean the most to you, you met them at a church. Amen. Now we could sit down and we could make a list a mile long of all of the problems that we've seen and all of the things that we know that are wrong with it. But you know what? I can do that about my own body. I could sit down tonight and write you a list of things about my own body that are not right, starting with my mind. (laughs) And you know what? When I do that, I get so depressed because I've got so much wrong with me. On the other hand, I can look at my hands that still work. And a few years ago, for a while, they weren't sure they would ever work again. Blood pool on the spinal cord. The doctor told my wife, we don't know what to expect, but we have to get it off of the spine. He's paralyzed from his chin down. To do that tonight, my shoulder hurts, but I can do this. I can do this. I can, my, my feet work. And I'm not crazy. I still have my mind. I've lost some teeth, but I haven't lost my mind. And if you want to sit around, and I'm not saying, I'm not preaching this with any, I, I don't have any motive tonight. There's nobody been bad in the church I'm, that I know of. Maybe there is, but I don't know of anybody. That's not why I'm preaching this. But if we're not careful, we can sit around and we can pick apart everything that's not right. And before long, all we are is depressed. But then... You can come and just look around and look at all these friends I have. Look at all these people that pray for me. Look at all these people that love me. An amazing thing happens when you begin to realize how blessed you are. You're blessed tonight because of a body. God, don't ever let me forget that. Don't ever let me forget where you brought me from. Don't ever let me forget. And as hurt as I may be, hurt is not all there is to life. I can overcome my hurt. 
I can rise above my disappointment. But I don't ever want to take this body for granted. Thank God for a church. Thank God for this church. If you're thankful for God's blessings on your life, why don't you just lift your voice right now and praise Him.